This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Rocky Mountain Oysters. You know what they are, don't you, you pervert? <laughs> September 21st, 1945. That was the night I died. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that's watched this movie so you didn't have to. <laughs> I'm Zach. And I'm Frank. And today we are here to discuss Grave of the Fireflies. Another you've, anime. You've never seen this movie. No. Um, what'd you think? Was it was it as sad as I kind of? It wasn't made it? nearly as sad as I Bullshit, thought it was going to be, man. and it also wasn't nearly as good as I thought it was oh, going to be. Fuck off, man! <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. It, this is the most heartfelt one that Studio Ghibli has ever made. I I don't know them too well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I I'll get into it later as yeah. to like what um like well I think what my biggest issue with a movie mm-hmm. and it has nothing. I, I, let's get in. Okay, let, give us the rundown and then All we can right. really discuss. So. As always, for Studio Ghibli movies, they get a pass for dubbed for me. Um, so in that case, I don't know about you, but I watched it English dubbed. Yeah, okay. I watched the same version you watched. Well, then you, fine. You I were get... like, you were like, this is how you watch it. Yeah, and I was this like, is okay. This is the only easy way to watch it, like through steaming services. I will say, mm-hmm. Voodoo yes. is a sketchy website. A little bit, like, right? It's like, <laughs> it just does not seem real. Mm-hmm. An unrecommendation <laughs> is voodoo. <laughs> it is a very sh- like I did not feel comfortable putting in my my credit card information to their website. So super quick before we get into it too, um, voodoo's weird too because like the only way to like watch the movies because it says like how to watch when you go to click on anything, you have to go to the website and then put in all the information and then it'll let you watch it on like your TV. Yeah, it's which ver- is very it's a, odd. It's a really weird like format. Mm-hmm. And like the way that it's laid out, and like the fonts that they use, and the colors, like it just seems like it was made. It, it seems like a, like an early like 1998 website. <laughs> like this is like the internet yeah. when it first like w- was created, and then mm-hmm. they just haven't updated. They it have since. singular firewall to protect <laughs> you. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know if I want to do this, and I re- I was really second guessing if I was going to do it, and I was like, <laughs> ah, I guess I'll do it. Yeah, 2.99, it's fine. <laughs> All right, so Grave of the Fireflies came out in 1988. It was directed by Izao Takahata. You only have, like, two people that matter in this film. And that is Adam Gibbs voicing Seda and Emily Neves voicing Setsuko. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, you could throw in the mom and the aunt, but, like, who cares? Yeah. They're in it for all of, like, ten minutes. Right. One of them's burnt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a film about... A brother and a sister struggling in Japan during World War Two, basically. It's kind of like that's the spark notes. Yes. Uh, and clearly, you love this movie. And uh, clear, clearly, everybody else does. I looked it yeah. up. A hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Exactly. Like I think it was like eighty nine percent like audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I was like, okay. So and, again, you're the minority of yeah, this. Yeah. Well, I I didn't hate it, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. So my, I think my biggest thing with anime movies is I have a really hard time finding a connection with anime movies. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I don't know if it's strictly like the animation style or, or what it is. Maybe it's the way that. Maybe it's the way that the voices don't match to like the. Maybe it's a culmination of it all. I really don't know, but there's something about anime movies that i i just don't find myself ever really feeling emotionally like attached to the characters but and it's weird because i don't feel that way about like a disney animated movie or Mm -hmm. a pixar animated movie because like i can get invested with into those but for some reason i just have a really hard time like 
really feeling for characters or really genuinely caring about them as a as a person when it's when it's anime style and mm-hmm. and that's all on me that's 100 yeah. <laughs> percent a flaw of myself and my character but i don't know what it is mm-hmm. so i think that's my biggest problem of, as to like why i i probably didn't enjoy this movie nearly as much as like everybody else does see the reason i picked this movie too is because i was like okay if anything like as an anime movie this is going to hit you in some way shape or form of how realistic it is because this is the most realistic movie that studio ghibli has done like hayao miyazaki like that created all these movies only does like these crazy like fantasy style stuff mixed he's almost like the anime version of Guillermo del Toro where like he mixes fantasy with reality okay um but always puts in like a female protagonist and the this is like the one movie as opposed to like Princess Mononoke and like we haven't done it but like My Neighbor Totoro where it's completely set in reality and it's taking something that actually happened in history and it's been marqueed as like the the greatest movie that you'll never watch twice. Mm. And unfortunately, this is my second time watching it <laughs> um, because it is so like sad, especially from like the opening scene of uh, Seda saying like, you know, September, like whatever, this is the day that I died. Yeah. And then immediately going into him just like dead. Yeah. Um, and it's like, whoa. This is much different from just a giant bear that flies and, like, takes you to go see places. (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah, go ahead. I mean, like, with that, like, watching this, I think the biggest thing that I'll I'll say because, like, while watching it and kind of dissecting it, there were, like, a couple of things that, like, were kind of like, hmm, okay, what's going on here? Um, In the beginning, like, before you actually realize it, the weirdest thing was... But also one of the cooler things is, like, moving from scene to scene, you have, like, the ghost of Sato kind of, like, looking on in right. the past. Yeah. But in the beginning, you're like, oh, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Like, why is he just seeing himself? Right. But it is kind of, like, almost a ghost story situation where mm-hmm. it's, like, you're watching yourself from the past, but you're dead at this point. Yeah. It's, like, time is not moving, like, in a linear fashion like it normally does yeah but i mean with ghost story they actually kind of like explained yeah. it a little bit better with visuals yeah yeah here it's just kind of like immediately thrown in yeah it's like hmm, okay because i remember it did throw me off when they when they eventually moved out officially and they were like in their little hut area mm-hmm. and they got to a point where like him i think it was both of them or maybe it was just him who like he like ran he was like coming from a trail and then he like stopped and he saw them yeah and then, and then it just cuts to them again, and then it just keeps going. It's like, that's a little confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you see your own ghost? <laughs> exactly. Um, and honestly, I don't really have many complaints mm-hmm. about this film, because I don't think it's a bad movie. Like I said, I actually I enjoyed it. It's just I, I have a hard time with just anime movies in general. But maybe like if I get more exposed, and like if we just keep doing them, maybe eventually yeah. like that'll break. Um, my only real problem that I had was that I felt like the story kind of got very like repetitive so a little bit but i mean it's also kind of like again it's set in the reality of like yeah. you know what are these people doing during this time right like i get it because again it's kind of like call me by your name like it's it's kind of boring in that sense yeah because it's like these two people just doing normal shit yeah um but it's also kind of like to me i i found it enjoyable because you're just watching a brother and sister like struggle to stay alive yeah, and, like, the only thing that, like, again, like I was saying was, like, 
the repetitiveness of especially like when it got to like the like the constant bombings mm-hmm. and it's like okay the alarm's going off everybody's running yeah they're hiding but nothing ever and happens and then nothing really ever <laughs> happens and then and then they wake back up or they whatever and then like it's done and then they just kind of like keep going throughout their day and then like the next day it's like oh another alarm's going off and it's just like kind of like this endless mm-hmm. cycle of it like going and going and going i like the little duds in the beginning where it's like they're not really bombs yeah, they're like a little fire yeah there's like little fireballs um but still burn a lot of people yeah um but yeah that was kind of like my only thing was just like after like the fourth one i was mm-hmm. like okay like can we like focus on something else other than like <laughs> other than this because like i don't know to make an engaging story like I can't just have like the same constant thing like happening over and over again and then just watching them do the same thing over and over again. Yeah, no, I know because like it, I mean, it, while it does like paint a realistic picture of like what actually was happening and what people were like going through at the time, um, it doesn't really set up for like a movie standpoint. Yeah, because that it's funny that you mentioned like Call Me By Your Name because it's like I enjoy Call Me By Your Name even though it is boring, in a, you know, air quotes boring, but. Uh, because with Call Me By Your Name, although I can agree that, you know, the, in, in a lot of cases, you're not actually watching anything happen. You're kind of just watching the characters be with each other. I kind of said this dirt when we, when we did it, that, like, that didn't bother me because I actually really cared about the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. So, like, watching them doing mundane things for whatever reason, I just felt like I didn't I didn't mind it because I just liked being with them. Yeah. In this movie, I guess it's a little different, though, because... It's, in this movie, it's more of like a rinse and repeat with with and and with coming by your name. It was more like they were con- they were always doing something different. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of times it was just lounging around, but it was always like in a different setting or whatever, and like different conversations were happening. In this movie, it was more like the bombs are going off, everybody's running out of town, and then he either he's either hiding with his sister or he then then he decides to start running into town and start stealing stuff, mm-hmm. and like it was just kind of like this perpetual cycle of that just constantly happening. And I think that's kind of like where the differences between between those two movies are for me. See, I think the opposite. Like, I I found myself like enjoying way too much the relationship between Sato and Setsuko. Like the fact that Seta is like, I I would assume a soldier, but kind of like disbanded from being a soldier after all this happened. It was also really weird because they didn't really get into that. Like his father, like he, his father is in the military, mm-hmm. but is he? I think because he he's is. wearing it so yeah. sometimes. <laughs> so he's he's in it, but like I think he just kind of like just straight did he go, up. Did he go AWOL? I think like, so because he, he was just like, oh shit, like I I gotta like I don't know what to do now. Um, but I mean like with the relationship, he is like such a great brother of like trying to do anything he can to protect. Oh her. yeah, no, their relationship for sure is like very very like like y- you can't help but like love her. Like yeah. she's so adorable. I know, like especially too like in the beginning where like she's like, "Oh, I lost my shoe." And it's like, "Don't worry, I'll buy you a new sh- pair of shoes." Yeah. And she's like, "No, I have money." And yeah, pulls yeah, out yeah. the purse and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, adorable." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then what makes it even worse is like, you know, watching from the 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 beach scene where it's like it's so lighthearted and so nice that like they actually get time to just relax and hang out yeah and then you start seeing you know like the rash that's building on her yeah and from there you're like hmm this is that's gonna come back to bite us at some point (laughs) um and then too like you know there is like this this kind of dip in terms of story-wise of like how well off they are where it's oh yeah it's like hmm kind of downhill a little bit (laughs) kind of shitty oh mom got burnt alive 
Oh, kind of okay. We're staying with our aunt. Nope, never mind. She's a bitch. Okay, <laughs> kind of okay again. We're staying in like this one weird place and then just bombed. Yeah. Just straight downhill immediately yeah. afterwards. Yeah, and I also found it weird. Like, I didn't... It, it was kind of hard to understand like the gravity of the situation because every like because they were just doing so poorly, but everybody else just seemed to be doing pretty okay. So yeah, I isn't don't know, that kind of weird? I I don't know if that has to do with the fact that like you know more people at that point were like in the military, so like the families were getting better rations. Um, but it also seemed like the aunt's husband was doing okay because he was also in the army. It seemed like it seemed like generally everybody was like the police officers seemed to be doing okay. The farmers weren't doing great, mm-hmm. but the farmers were like, "Listen, I can't like give you anything because I don't have rations." But they seemed fine. Like mm-hmm. nobody, nobody in the movie really seemed to be like like weathered down nearly as much as them. And it, and that kind of begs the question: like, what? Why did they do what they did? Like so, they're they're struggling so hard mm-hmm. just because what like for what reason because they although like living with your aunt is shitty mm-hmm. y- it you weren't dying <laughs> yeah but she was kind of like scraping shit off the top like she was oh de- yeah for she uh, definitely took, like one like, of the all, worst people ever yeah she definitely took like a bunch of stuff and took advantage of the situation um I I think it's more so because they kind of mention it where it's like you know because he didn't like reach out didn't know a way to like talk to any of his other relatives to like find a home there and the fact of his mom's death and his dad like just unknown just going yeah more than likely dead yeah um they kind of didn't they weren't exactly put into the system and i think with him kind of going awol he couldn't go back into the system because they'd be like oh fuck like you know you just retreated on yourself but the thing is that's the weird thing is because she mentions, the aunt mentions, she's like, aren't you supposed to be going back to school? Yeah. And he was like, my school was burned down. Yeah. <laughs> it's so like, it's like, well, is he in the military, though? Because he's, if he, what's is he in college or is he in high school? I don't know. See, they didn't like, really tell us that there's part. There's plot holes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 100% on Rotten they didn't, Yeah, they, they didn't tell us, like, a lot. But, like, at the same time, too, from what I at least picked up was that, like, you know, at this point, they're out of the system. They have no way of, like, or... Maybe it's the pride aspect of, like, not wanting to go into a shelter and just being like, okay, we can live on our own. And I think everybody kind of, like, ended up being okay again because at this point, you know, the war was over. Like, Japan accepted defeat. And then it was just more of, like, everybody trying to, like, rebuild. Well, but the thing is that – well, yeah, I guess that, that that's true. But I don't know. It, it, it was just It was just so strange. Like, I definitely feel like if I had to rewatch this maybe and, like – really really paid attention Mm -hmm. to like every detail maybe i would get answers that i just didn't uh see this the first time watching it because i didn't all i like i didn't quite understand their relationship because in the beginning when that when that first bomb goes off Mm -hmm. or the or the bombing is happening and they are looking for he's looking for his mom Mm mm-hmm there's like that one military like general guy who like knows him by his name and he's like, Did you see your mother yet? And then he's like, No, and she he's like, you know, you have to go see your mom. Mm-hmm. Or, or no, it's that woman. I, I guess that's his aunt, right? That was or who was she? I don't probably because she was somebody random, I mm-hmm. guess. And she was like, Did you see your mother? And then he goes there, and then that military guy is like, he's like, Oh, I'm I'm glad you're here. You need to, you need to see your mom. So it's like clearly he is known. 
by at least some people like in the military mm-hmm. and and he seems to have like some type of friendships through his mother and probably his father's connections from the you know being being in the military well, so like isn't it weird that he goes like that he just goes missing and then and he's like i have nobody to contact even though there was like all there was like a few people in the beginning that like knew me by my name and seemed to actually really care about me and and my sister and my mother's well-being and yeah. now that she's dead Everyone's just like, yeah, fuck that kid. Like, it it doesn't really make sense. Mm. Well, it could be, too, that, like, they all went off into, like, the war more and, like, or, or got died. bombed. Yeah, like, something like that. Because even, too, like, it, it kind of reassures you of the fact that you went AWOL because later on when they start, like, stealing, like, the tomatoes and everything like that, and they bump into the one other soldier... And he just kind of, like, picks up the thing and keeps walking and then looks back and is like, oh, fuck, and then just runs. Yeah, but that wasn't explored, so it's like, exactly. what, what was that reaction? Like, why, why? I, I think that was, like, him going, like, the fact that he is AWOL and, like... I don't know. I don't think he is. I think he is. I don't think he is because... And, and the only reason why I don't is just because that one sentence that I said earlier where she was like, aren't you supposed to be going back to school? He's like, my school's burnt down. If yeah. you're in the military, you're not in school anymore. Yeah. But at that point, it's just like, you're drafted. What? We don't know what happened. <laughs> We're in America. We don't know what happened in Japan. Shit could have. It could have been. You're drafted on Monday. You don't go to school on Tuesday. You go back on Wednesday. We don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> I wasn't born yet. <laughs> so defensive. Well, because because we're we're focusing on like weirder parts well, than like the actual sad stuff. Fo- <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're really like honing in on like yeah, just the plot mundane holes. shit. It just doesn't make sense. But to I'm, me. yeah, like when they actually the sad stuff of like when they actually get like their own little like hut. <laughs> Because that's fun. Like, they actually got, like, their own little place, and it was yeah. nice for a minute. It was nice for, like, literally a minute. Yes. <laughs> and then, yeah, Setsuko, like, starts really developing, like, malnourishment. And then, you know, that, that heartbreaking scene of when he literally goes in, cashes out all of his money yeah, to buy food, to, like, make sure that she's okay, and then literally brings it all back gives her a little bit of watermelon and is like, hey, eat this. I'm going to go cook. And then she just never Especially like when, when she's like holding the rocks and she's like, I yeah. have these rice balls for you. And he's just like crying. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no. Like that, <laughs> that stuff got me. I yeah. was like, fuck. <laughs> like that was so heartbreaking. Yeah. And then, yeah, like the literally just staying stationary on her. And then the over like audio of she never woke up. Yeah. And it's like, fuck. And then, like, seeing her ghost, like, playing, mm-hmm. though. Oh, it was heartbreaking. Like, and that was emotional to me because that's what she was doing while he was out trying to, like, get food and get supplies and get stuff to, like, make sure that they're good. Right. And it's it's so night and day because, like, as a child, you get to see her carefree lifestyle of just, like, relaxing, hanging out, like, playing with stuff. And just waiting for her brother to come back and not fully being able to grasp what was going on at the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I'm not 100% sure. I think this story was actually based off of a family during World War II. Yeah. So I don't know for sure. Um, I do know a weird thing that like to get the movie My Neighbor Totoro made um inside the box set of this film was like a little five minute like snippet of that movie okay which 
you've never seen, but My Neighbor Totoro is literally the opposite of this movie. It's like, it's the, like the it's the most like fun, like mundane, just like nice time having movie that they've made. And I'm like, wow, you put that in with this one, huh? <laughs> really needed something to cheer people up afterwards. Yeah, but then that's how the movie got made. Yeah, uh, I mean for sure, like it's definitely a sad movie. Yeah, I I. Last thing I want to put out too is like the ending to this I think is perfect. Um with like afterwards, like after Seda, like, you know, having the proper burial for her. Oh right, yeah. And you you get the you get the ending very first thing in the in the movie, and then mm-hmm. you get him where at this point he is a ghost and he's with Setsuko again. And I think it's just beautiful where like they were sitting on this bench overseeing Japan as it is now, like, fully rebuilt, fully functional, um, more so in the future with, like, technology. And it was just kind of, like, this nice thing where it's, like, you know, these were people during this hardship in time, and they were able to, like, move past it and grow and, like, end up becoming okay again. Yeah. And it was, like, this nice little moment of, like, them being able to watch and see that everything was okay again mm-hmm. for, like, the country that they loved. Right. So that was, that was for me, the perfect ending. Yeah. I don't really have much to add. The only thing is, like, I just, I don't know. I feel like there was, there's a lot to like about the movie, for mm-hmm. sure. And and I understand why. I guess it's so highly rated. Mm-hmm. But something missed. Yeah, <laughs> something definitely missed for you. Nine rice balls for me out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling like six and a half. Go to hell. Hey man, six and a half is, is is on the upper tier. The upper tier, <laughs> mid tier at best. <laughs> uh, seven. All right, I'll give you seven. All right, I'll work with that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. Overall, I think I really just think that when it comes down to it, I, I need to just get more exposed to more anime. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I'm trying to pick like, like more like in depth type stuff. Yeah. Like the only other one that I have like set up for you is like Perfect Blue, which is a a cool psychological thriller one. Hmm. All right. That one's now, a good one. Now you've piqued my interest. I, yeah. First you had my curiosity. <laughs> now now you have my interest. <laughs> um, all right. Cool. Oh. I have a recommendation. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, Documentary that I watched. Very fun. What's it called? Oh, okay. I've, uh, Definitely not the one no, I was that... going <laughs> I was going to say Val. No, not yet. <laughs> um, I actually might want to just do Val as like one of the episodes. No. Because um, that looks interesting. But... uh. I've talked shit about him before on the podcast uh, and how he ruined wrestling of David Arquette. However, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I did, however, watch the documentary about him called You Cannot Kill David Arquette. And it was actually pretty interesting. Um, it's like an hour and a half long. It's on Amazon. It's free to watch, I think. And it's literally just him now, day and age, where he has like all these like health issues, but he's getting back into shape and wants to get back in the ring and become a wrestler. And I think it's over the course of like a year and a half. And I found out some interesting things about him. Like, you know, he actually is like a diehard wrestling fan. He didn't want to go through with like the whole thing of him becoming world champion. And he understands why people hate him. And on the other side where like this actually like ruined his movie career. career. Yeah. There was at one point a, a photo of like top 10 like up and comers. And he was on there with people like Benicio Del Toro, Leonardo DiCaprio, Johnny Depp. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, at one point, people thought David Arquette was going to be the next big thing. Yeah. 
Um, and then he just got typecasted as like this comedy act because of it. But it was really interesting. You you see like him fully going in and like becoming a wrestler again and actually learning how to do it the proper way. And then of course one death match where he like almost died. Um where he got like stabbed in the neck with like a fluorescent tube. They don't call it a death match for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so he almost died. But he, he won me over because he finished the match, and that's like a big thing in wrestling. Yeah. Um so you cannot kill David Arquette, I recommend that. So now you like him. He's alright. You fucking yeah. I, I, I remember like when we almost met him. Yeah, and you were like, you're like he ruined the WWE. And no, I was WCW. Like, what? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I and just you... went on a rant for like 20 minutes. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the grave of the fireflies. Uh, and shout out to David Arquette. Yeah. Frank, what are we doing next? Uh, Zach, we're gonna be doing something that uh is probably gonna be fine to talk about (laughs) (laughs) we're just scraping by here uh no i'm just kidding we're gonna be talking about some of the movies that have had the deepest impact on us as people as creatives as cinemaphiles as whatever um fuck (laughs) (laughs) um so that's what we're gonna be talking about uh i hope you guys enjoy that conversation hope you guys enjoy this conversation if you did uh, it'd be awesome if, I don't know, whatever people do for podcasts to help support it. Uh, Zach's cat screaming in the background, so Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, why do fireflies die so soon? <laughs>